So you're saying to yourself, yo, sir, dude, I wanted to see Kevin Smith in Halifax, Nova Scotia, but the motherfucker sold out. Well, after I shed a tear for you, I highly recommend bookmarking csmod.com. That's the place on the worldwide interwebs to see all upcoming Smodco shows, updated with linky links to Tiki Tickets. Say it with me, baby. csmod.com. Nice. Ooh, I just got a little hard there. So, you're saying, yo, sir, dude, I love sir, and I want to show the world. Wear your sir love with our official t-shirts, biatch. Fishies have no eyes. Let us fuck. Jay and Silent Bob get old. The Garmy. There's also posters, action figures. There's so many to choose from. Grab your smirch at smodcast.com. Scroll down and click on Smerchandise. This is Kelly Carlin, and welcome to Waking from the American Dream. Hollywood douchebag, Hollywood douchebag, Hollywood douchebag, Hollywood douchebag, Hollywood douchebag. Like a brother, if that brother fucked your grandmother twice. Hollywood douchebag, Hollywood douchebag, Hollywood douchebag, Hollywood douchebag, Hollywood douchebag, Hollywood douchebag. First chance. Oh, isn't he nimble? In spite of the thimble in his pants. Hollywood douchebag. Hollywood douchebag. Hollywood douchebag. You know why you came to this town? It was love, sweet love. Something else. You don't have to be a douchebag. Hollywood douchebag. Hollywood douchebag. Hollywood douchebag. So I'm coming to stop. Motherfucker! Down on your knees, you will see you fucker. 
is Captain Danger with Hollywood Douchebag. I decided to play that today because I've got a room full of them. No, really, I don't. They're very lovely people, and you'll find out about them in a minute. Uh, but not yet. No, only my mic is on right now. They don't get to speak yet. <laughs> That's how we have to contain these people here. That's the only way we can do it is by muting their mics. Uh, welcome, everyone. It's March 15th. Uh, is it the Ides of March? When is that? Is Today, today is the Ides of March. The 15th is always the Ides. Wow, it is the Ides of March. I'm excited. I don't know what the fuck that means, but I'm excited about that. That's all it means. So beware of the Ides of March. Something was going to plan. Oh, okay. All right. We will clear this up definitely later after we Google it. Um, (laughs) Anyway, uh, welcome everyone to mid-March. Spring is in full... Full ecstasy here at the Carlin Polymind compound. The coral tree looks like a Dr. Seuss tree. The wisteria has completely exploded and the jasmine is starting to uh, be in the afterglow of its big orgasm that it had about three weeks ago. So spring is here. Uh, hummingbirds are everywhere and uh, allergies haven't started yet. So. I wish I had a sponsor. Then I could go right into an allergy medicine sponsor for that. And I don't. Oh, well. Uh, so I was busy, really busy over the weekend. Got to go to South by Southwest uh, to Austin and saw a lot of rain and, um, and the inside of a convention center and the inside of my La Quinta hotel room off the I-35. It was very lovely. It didn't smell like mold, mostly. And, um, Ate some really good barbecue. I'm completely ruined now. Um, uh, I will have to fly to Austin to have brisket for the rest of my life because everything will never, ever, 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 ever compare again. So that's a little exciting and depressing at the same time. But South by Southwest was amazing. Uh, we went there, got, landed, got there, went to get in line to get our badges. The line was three hours long to get the badges. 
thankfully I was a performer and could cheat and cut to the front of the line. <laughs> it's like, suckers, I'm going to the front of the line. <laughs> and that line was still 30 minutes. It was crazy because there were over 2,000 people doing panels, performances, and all sorts of things for the interactive section of South by Southwest. It's an insane undertaking. And unfortunately, I was there too short of a period. I was only there uh, barely two and a half days. I should have stayed Sunday because on Sunday, Jeffrey Tambor taught and then he was on Mark Maron's What the Fuck podcast. And um, God, I can't wait to download that because Jeffrey was my teacher and I wanted to see Jeffrey there because I was doing my show there. And part of the reason I was doing my show there was because of what Mr. Tambor had taught me, which is a, a story for another day. Uh, he gave me his hat one day, but we'll, we'll tell that story another day. So, but it was great. Uh, the, the only strange part about being in on stage at South by Southwest is that half the audience is blogging or tweeting or staring at their phones in some ways. And you're not allowed to admonish them at South by Southwest because it's what they do. They're bloggers. They're, you know, you want them to be live tweeting your show and everything. But the woman in the front row with the laptop on her lap doing her work was a little irritating and I'm glad after 10 minutes she got up and left because clearly she was not interested in my story or my father's story. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty interesting. Uh, but the good news is, um, this lovely man, I think his name is Dan Solomon, wrote a beautiful review of my show and the Austin Chronicle was out yesterday. Brought a little tear to my eye. So you can go on my Facebook page and read it because I've already posted it like 10 times, of course. Oh, wait, did you read this? Oh, wait, you got to read this review. This is really great. This guy said this. So it was great. And um, and so just a couple of things to catch up on. I'm going to be at Santa Monica Playhouse next week, March 22nd, with my show, Carlin Home Companion. Uh, tickets are going fast. And that thing always sells out by the Monday before the show. So if you're coming, you better Get those Gurdin tickets because you're going to run out, people. Uh, and uh, this week also up for me is uh, Jimmy Dore. I don't know if you're familiar with Jimmy Dore. He's a, a stand-up comedian, real political, uh, a satirista, definitely. And he's got a show on KPFK, a fantastic show that like always has like Frank Conniff and people like that on, people doing imitations and really, really cool stuff. And he's he's really hard-nosed, you know, lefty. But he also has an interview show called Jimmy Dore Comedy and Everything Else. And uh, I sat down in his home and did a long interview with him. And it was probably one of the best interviews I've ever had. Great interviewer. So check that out if you're interested at all. And uh, and it's St. Patrick's Day this weekend. So um, I'm Irish. And if you're not, pff, fuck you. <laughs> we'll be eating corned beef and drinking whiskey over here, people. We will. I won't do my bad Irish. My Irish accent is char cha cha char. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of pirate like it is. But I guess there was some movie where a leprechaun sounded like that, and so now that's what my husband and do husband and I do. Bob, you guys know Bob. Um so so I was originally gonna have um Spanky McFarlane from Spanky and Our Gang on my show today, and yet she was sick this week and we didn't get a chance. And so instead, uh actually this is I, I gotta say it might be even a little better because I called my friends up and they showed up, so I got a room full of crazy people here and I'm very excited. Um I'm gonna go around the table and just kinda introduce everyone and, and talk a little bit and then we're gonna jump in and talk about anything and everything basically today. So I'm just going to start here on my left with Mr. Rick Overton. Hey, Rick. Hey, Cal. Thanks for having me on. Uh, are you kidding? My pleasure. What are you up to? I'm doing my one-man show. Uh, thank you for your great 
your great uh, blurb on me, and it's called uh, Rick Overton, Substitute Global Ambassador. And if you're in the audience, you're an alien. You've landed here, and you want to know what certain words mean. So we project words on a big screen behind me, and I have to explain that word from scratch. And the audience gets to fill out cards, and we put them into the sequence of words that go up behind me, and I have to improvise my ass off. I'm the substitute because the regular global ambassador got the flu, and so he can't meet the aliens without killing them with a germ they don't know about. So instead he sends his gag writer in, and that's me. It's, and, uh, it's such I, – I saw it up in San Francisco, and uh, it's such a great premise for you, Rick. It really is like perfection for you. Oh, thanks. You know, because you get to get up there. And, your show is for you. And, no. and well, thank you. Um, but really, you get you go up there, and it's like you don't know. And when you're in the audience, you don't know what's the improvised words. And you know, I know you have a yeah. couple that are, you know, but there's only just a few that are really planted or that you already know Every about. Show's different. Yeah, and uh, and you would sit there, and I would I, I would assume certain ones were like, oh, that's he's got to have that one planted. He's got to have that. And that was so amazing what he just did. And then I find out, oh no, completely improvised. The whole thing about cats and dogs, and <laughs> it was just you know brilliant. Oh, it's it's and the whole idea of um, getting to be the person to introduce aliens to our human culture is... Yeah, they, they really messed up putting me out there. <laughs> it's so great. So, um, And you're doing that this week here in L.A.? Yeah, tonight I'm doing it at uh, Beyond Baroque mm-hmm. on 681 Venice Boulevard in Venice yes. at 8 o'clock. Yes. And uh, then I'm going to be doing it at Improv Olympic West, 29th of April. Of April. Oh, so next month you'll be doing another one. At 8 o'clock. Oh, good. Good. And so uh, you've got some L.A. gigs, and then you're planning on going around the country and doing this a little bit? If we can get into festivals, I'd like to do it, you know, Let's get it out to a south and southwest okay. next year or okay, uh, festival. Edinburgh. And how about uh, Just for Laughs? Let's do it up there. Let's go to Just Montreal. Yeah, I'd love to do it up there. Yeah. Come on, That's Robbie Craw. Get your shit together. Yeah. Call Rick Overton. Like yeah. I have any pull doing that. <laughs> it helps. It helps. Thanks. <laughs> so if you're in LA for now, and then you know you can find Rick on on the Twitter and the Facebook, and you can find out where else he's going to be with his show. Great. But thanks for thanks for hanging out here before your Thank show today. You. I, I totally appreciate you coming in and squeezing us in. Oh, thanks for putting me in. That's right. Uh, next on the octagonal round, it's see we're going to do a round table, but literally we're sitting at my poker table. Yeah. <laughs> so it's one two. It's is it? How t- come I'm the only one who had to buy in? For four dollars, <laughs> <laughs> because you are Dylan Brody. <laughs> uh, hello, Kelly Carlin. May I call you Kelly Carlin? Please call me Kelly Carlin. <laughs> you can call call me Kelly Marie Carlin too. Do I have to stutter when I do it? Do I no. have to call you Kelly? That's the dance mix. It's the techno version of my name. Chaka Khan. Kelly Carlin. No, we can't do that. Uh, chia, chia, chia. <laughs> I want a chia, Kelly Carlin. Yeah, I want one too. Oh, that would be good. That would be weird. Yeah. I take. Would it look it. like I would? I but it would be like a fro, like Barack Obama's. Yeah, but it'd be green for the Irish. I it would. I, I want to know why I would have to have Aaron take care of it. I, 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 said, I, I would water it. I'll take care of it. <laughs> we barely know each other, but she assumes I can't keep up. I'll take no, care of it. <laughs> She's looking at how you're dressed, Dylan, and yeah. she can assume he cannot take care of a plant. I'll water it. No, Dylan is always dressed nicely, everyone. This is radio, but Dylan has got a jacket, as Rick does. We have two men here with nice jackets on. Dapper. I was just telling him what a stylish looking. Abs- absolutely. Rick and I make it a policy to cra- class up and to crass up any joy we want. 
That's what we do. We, we try to just walk in and bring the bar lower. Nice jacket. Here, pull my finger. It's why I brought it. Is. We, we, we did a fart joke. joke. We, we already did a fart right. joke in the first 10 minutes, people. I like Thank the jacket. I just wish you guys wore pants today. <laughs> yeah, it's a little embarrassing. <laughs> you know what? We felt with the jackets. We didn't need to go that far. Yeah, that's true. They do have tails. So. <laughs> that's true. They can always cover their nachos with them. <laughs> Please try the nachos. <laughs> so, so, Dylan, you've got some new stuff going on. What's what's the big happenings in your life? Uh, I'm all over the place promoting the new CD, Chronological Disorder, the recording of which you attended, I believe. I did. Uh, and I'm mm-hmm. performing, I'm headlining at Morty's Comedy Joint in Indianapolis cool. the first weekend in April. I've never been there before. I'm very excited about it. Cool. And you're going to meet um, our meet, friend Crobama. I'm going to meet Darren Staley. Our good friend. Who runs a podcast called Dylan Brody's Neighbor's Couch, a story I will tell if you want me to we, later We can on. talk about it, sure. And uh, and I'm, I've got a... An article coming out in Paste Magazine, oh. the comedy issue, the humor issue, whenever the hell that's coming out. That's right. I believe that was in my ears a few it days was. ago. It was. You read it to me over the that phone. I call and say, uh, can I read this aloud at you? Because I don't have an editor on this that I trust. It's a great privilege to, to be your ear. I always enjoy that. Uh, I always enjoy reading to you while you're driving. Yes, it's usually <laughs> when you're – I'm like, I'm on the 405. It's great. Just go. And then, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> and the, by reading aloud is the only way I know whether I've created sentences that are ridiculously long and, and improperly structured. So I need somebody who will let me do that. And my dogs don't. No. They won't no. let me read to them. Well, they'll let you, but they won't. They like long run-on sentences. They, they so. do. They yeah. Do. Oh, still talking to me. Oh, good. Still talking to me. <laughs> I don't know. Wah, 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 yeah. wah, wah. <laughs> It's not helpful. No, it's not. Uh, so yeah, everyone, uh, check out Dylan's uh, new storytelling CD. It's uh, I believe it has three three starts. You introduce the you three. I, I think there are four pre rambles <laughs> before I get to the first story. It's so great, and it even says does it say pre ramble one, pre ramble two, two pre ramble three? Yeah, yeah. I, I had to have lengthy conversations with the record company to explain to them that there's supposed to be a second R in pre ramble. Right. <laughs> It's no, no, I didn't misspell that. They're pre-rambles. Trust me. I know what I'm doing. I'm a wordsmith. It's my job is to know which word to use. Well, thank you for coming down. Thank you for having me. Down the 405. I I enjoy coming down the 405 until that point where it stops. Yes. And, and it, then, it, inevitably it does. And then there's that long, boring part where I'm just <laughs> waiting for it to go again. Yes. And then I enjoy it again. Excellent. Also, coming here, I love because I cannot, uh, to this day, I cannot drive past the Slauson Avenue exit uh-huh. without thinking, Slauson, cut off, get out of the car, cut off your Slauson, get back into your car. <laughs> It happens every time. <laughs> That's like the um, whenever I'm at Pico and Sepulveda, the old Doctor Demento used to play Pico and Sepulveda, Pico and Sepulveda. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Doctor Demento. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. And then our third contestant today. <laughs> what do I win, Johnny? <laughs> Is the lovely Aaron Brown. So excited to have you on the podcast. Hi, Kel. Hi, darling. I'm so psyched to be here. So Aaron is known for something called hot on the red carpet, or is it off? No, well today I'm off the red carpet. Yeah, you're off. Are you still because hot? I, always. Okay, good. All right, just check. Well, well you do have hot fake on eye, radio. You have fake eyelashes on for the Thank for you. the radio I show. Look good for the. Uh, what do you call this? <laughs> shape of this table. The poker table. Yeah, the poker table. Uh huh. 
Um, yeah, I do a, a web series called Hot on the Red Carpet. I've been uh, trekking around town with my red carpet. It's uh, about what two feet by one. It's technically a bath mat, All but right. we don't. We don't. <laughs> you had to go. We, there. I know we don't tell that to Aaron normally, but yes, it's a it's a red carpet, Aaron. It, yes, is. it is. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. It does as fit long in as we're bathroom. calling her on this stuff, I was interviewed on the red I, carpet. I knew it. As far as I know, it's up. never aired. It's never been posted. <laughs> Of course, of course. Everyone in this room has actually been on it, and none of those episodes. I'm I'm glad I feel better now. I was afraid it was just me. (laughs) Technical difficulties. No, Dylan, it is always just you. Yeah, my therapist says it's all about me. I I will. I thought about that this morning because I knew I was. (laughs) That's very funny. So someday. Perhaps. Can we get the outtakes, the bad technical Yeah, ones there was yet? a lot of good ones. I think I was really drunk when I was on your it was red carpet. Excellent. And stoned. You were dancing and it, it was, was the, lovely. It was at the green room after party yeah. or something. Yeah. I had many red carpets and you had one under each foot. <laughs> That's so right. You were like dancing on the carpet. You need to check it out though because uh, Aaron goes to these uh, semi – well, they've gotten actually. You've moved up in the world. When you first started, you were like down the block from events, basically I was adjacent to, <laughs> to celebrity you know, events. Yes, and now I'm getting invited to them, which is complete irony. It actually won an award oh, last so year, beautiful. so I was, you know, I make fun of award shows, and then I'm at an award show <laughs> for my show, which is so it's per- kind of great. It's but yeah, it's the perfect thing. Thanks. Yeah, that's fantastic, and it's it's very fun. I, I loved the one that you just did <laughs> for the Oscar party. The Party of a th- hundred stars. What the hell was it? Night of a hundred stars? Night of a hundred stars. And um, Richard Dreyfus was—he was drunk. I don't. You know, I don't, I don't think know. he was. I, everybody <laughs> was saying that he, or just as very enthusiastic, really dry. <laughs> and he did. He spent like twenty minutes with. I mean, there were so many press there. Like, yeah, the media line was huge. That by the time I was towards the end. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe in the middle, I guess I was towards the end of the first room. Right. I had to go to a different wow. room, but um. You know, they did get a kick out of the carpet because I was like, hey, because there wasn't actually a real, a real red carpet. But yeah, Dreyfus was, um, he was fun. Yeah, he was. You know, he was really mellow. He was. He yeah. Was, yeah. That's why I thought he was drunk. Maybe I thought he's mm. drank some nighttime sippy soup or something. <laughs> no, I don't know. It was just kind of odd. It's fun though, because, uh, people either take you, take you seriously mm-hmm. Or they play with you. They don't know, and it's always fun either way to watch how the celebrity deals with you. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're not quite sure what to do with you sometimes. Yeah, I think the bigger they are, the more kind of famous and established they are, the more fun they have, and they don't take it so seriously, which is the best. Ah, which is a great segue to our first topic today, which is fame. allergy medicine. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> <laughs> I don't get any money for that yet, Dylan. Shush. Ixnay on the allergy A Edison May. I know Igpe Adelay. Allergy A Edison May stole all of his inventions from Icolus Ne Eslate. Etsle Ude the A they Ole Oshe in the Igpe Atenlay. so so today I thought it would be fun since I have a uh, a gaggle of friends that you know, normally you do these round table shows and they're you know, kind of a ripped from the headlines type of thing. And, you know, we're going to talk about, 
uh, you, whatever happened today in the headlines, I didn't watch the news. Oh, there's, <laughs> because I knew I didn't have to, because that's why I didn't want to do that homework. Then I would watch the news and get all depressed. Mm-hmm. So instead I thought, oh, let's just do big fun topics and then we'll get to the news because you can't help it around here. I mean, it's what we do. We're kind of junkies that way. But I thought we would talk about fame. Uh, because it's something that, um, everyone in this room and one level or another is, uh, dances with, uh, has danced with, wants some, has had some, uh, has lived in the shadow of, uh, whatever it is. And, uh, so I have a couple of qu- nice quotes here, actually. I went on the, uh, I went on what they call the internets. Boy, they got a lot of stuff on that internet. Really? It's quite amazing. I just finished it last week. It's great at the end. Is it? (laughs) Don't ruin the ending. Jesus. I don't even know how you... Spoiler alert. There's kittens. (laughs) (laughs) It's a cat playing a piano. I love that play it out cat kitty thing. That thing's great. Bob and I laughed for two days with that fucking thing. You haven't seen it. I just want that play it out kitty to just follow that me around. That cat now is like getting arrogant and saying, you know, I don't need you and your camera and your household. Got to the sad story of the piano cat on the street, on the mean streets. Other, other animals don't care that the cat plays a keyboard, you know. Dogs are holding them down and fucking them and stuff. So you're basically saying that even kitties on the internet can't handle fame. No. He doesn't know because he's had a lot of kitty smoke blown up his ass. (laughs) Eventually it's just play uh, it out, feral kitty. The CTA agency, you know. Yes. Cat talent agency. They're like saying, uh, oh, babe, you know. And they dangle they dangle the contract in front of him and he starts batting at it, you know, like a string and gets all distracted. So he believed his comments, his YouTube comments is what he started believing. He started in. reading his YouTube mail. Yeah, and started yeah. believing that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, four years down the road. <laughs> Peter letting his whiskers grow. He's in rehab for catnip. Yes. Well, we won't even talk about that. I mean, that was just embarrassing. <laughs> First what they with- get your balls, then they take your claws. <laughs> <laughs> and then they then they make your fake you make you have fake arms and play the keyboard and look like that. That's right. <laughs> the day it was exposed that it's like my Millie Vanilli Mars. <laughs> there wasn't even my me arms. At all. <laughs> it was fake cat arms the whole Wooden time. Sticks. <laughs> paws on the end. Well, you know, and but this is true. I mean, this is what happens in this town is uh, people get, you know, there's that rocketed rise to fame thing that happens here. Do you that- promise? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've just I've heard rumors of it, Dylan. I, I've 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 seen it on TV. I think you know, and, and it, you know it is kind of what's sold. That's just my roof collapsing. It'll be fine. No, no it basically it expands. The people just heard a noise and they all freaked out. My, my roof expands with the heat and with the contracts, with the cold and all that stuff, just like your body does too. <laughs> or your nipples, whatever. Okay. Um, so, but the thing about fame that's fascinating me these days is that kids are growing up thinking all you need to do is either be on one of those shows where you sing or cook or do something and then you get famous or you just, I don't even know what Kim Kardashian does to get famous, but you just be that <laughs> and then you get famous. And, and so there's this, there's this now, very different relationship to fame, I think, than when we were growing up. And 
I mean, I was, I didn't even, I mean, I thought about like, I wanted to do that thing on the TV. I wanted to sing or dance or be funny, but fame, I don't know if fame was a part of it. What we were never made acquainted with, uh, in the, this country until for me, at least very recently, and I'm well into my forties now is the idea of famous, but not rich. Mm-hmm. And it's really prevalent in Los Angeles. And I, I think it was always prevalent, but it's sort of a, a, a hidden thing. Yeah. So anyone who is famous is expected to be rich right. and have to deal with everybody wanting something from them because they think they can provide something because they've heard of them. Mm-hmm. And there, there are so many people I know who are struggling paycheck to paycheck to make their you know, $10,000 mortgage because <laughs> when they got famous, they yes. thought they were supposed to be instantly rich and yep. didn't know. No one informed them. They don't come together. Yeah. I, I think that's a, a great point is that what happens to people in this town who do get some traction in their career and, and maybe get a great gig and make a bunch of money. And then they really think that, oh, they need that big house on the hill to go with it. And then, hmm. The series gets canceled or, you know, I mean, it's so fickle. Yeah. Fame is so fickle that then they're like stuck with this, <laughs> this thing, this albatross around their neck. And, you know, I continue to become incrementally more famous while continuing to make incrementally no money. <laughs> and, I can relate. And I'm, <laughs> I'm constantly aware of this weird internal dynamic where people think I'm someone that I'm not. They think I have things that I don't. I don't want to let them down by giving away the secret, but mm-hmm. I also don't want to be participating in this mythology of mm-hmm. Hollywood. Yeah, right. mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Well, oh, I saw you. Uh, so I read your, your your Facebook, and you did a comedy show at the Muse Cafe. So I suppose you need your you got to go meet your helicopter at the pad. <laughs> now, take you to your private jet. And... Well, it's true. I mean, you brought up kids, and and I think that they think. I mean, fame and talent don't go hand in hand. Yep. And I think that a lot, maybe kids in a, of a different generation wanted to be famous, but it's so much more accessible today and it is much easier to be famous. All you need to do is the right, the right YouTube video. Exactly. And, yeah. You know, or hook up with the president or whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah. And like I, I mentor these kids and we teach them how to, you know, write screenplays and I can, they are, in fifth grade, and so many times it comes up like, what's the goal? Like, we're trying to teach them the, the basics of storytelling <gasps> to be a superstar, to wow. be famous, wow. to get, to get stuff, like mm. to get a Hello Kitty tote bag. And mm. I'm like, oh my God, you know, like just these superficial materialistic things. And it's kind of sad. Wow. It's, it's what's in their face. And these kids now growing up are like, toddlers have iPads so that they're <laughs> not going to. You know, they don't know what a dial tone is. Yeah. It's crazy. I know. I know. And, oh, and I right. think, and I think that is really, I, I just, uh, it just, it makes my stomach turn a little bit, you know, to think that kids, this is what they see and this is what, what they think is real. What do kids think it means when in movie trailers they have the record scratch sound? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? That is so true. That is really true. Well, you know, it's, I, I love turning middle age because then you get to say things like, oh, back in the day <laughs> when we were listening to vinyl. Except technology is moving so fast. It's like, you remember last Thursday when we used to have the old iPad? Do you have the latest iPhone? You're in the future. Oh, my Facebook profile page is so new. Oh, I'm still in the old one. Oh, man, I'm I'm 
even the new one, man. Oh, I'm dreading March 30th. Timeline where you can't fucking find anything. That you're I hate that. Play. I know. Me too. Stop changing so quickly. Yeah. Hey, we hope you don't mind while you were sleeping. <laughs> We just decided that it'd probably be better if you just had all your banking account numbers on the top of your page, so that to make it easier for you to get to get robbed by Nigerian princes yes. while you were sleeping. Yeah. Oh, dude, dude, I got like ten million dollars coming from a Nigerian prince. Oh, good. I'm glad you answered. The, I'm gonna be oh, okay. good. good for you. I'm, I'm stuck in Spain. Now. I need you guys to send me money. Oh, <laughs> We made it. We did this for you because it'd be easier for you. Yeah, for you. Well, and I think Facebook is a great uh, thing to talk about because uh, I've noticed that Facebook and Twitter has helped with my egomaniac part of my personality. Because for me, uh, and I and I and I've learned to slow down a little bit about this, but. I know one of the things that I used to be obsessed with is how many followers I had on Twitter and I would check on Follow Fridays so in the morning. I'm obsessed with how many followers you have on Twitter. <laughs> wow. I think that's officially some sort of subcategory of stalking. <laughs> wow. It's like co-signing. I have a co-stalker. <laughs> but so, so now there's this way we can actually track how kind of famous we are, how many comments we get on our Facebook updates, yeah, right. how many hits our YouTube videos get, how many followers we have on Twitter. So we're being fed constantly this this quantitative idea of how much of an impact we're having, how, how many people listen to us, I know us. 60 on clout. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Wow, you're yeah. so good but at the end. I'm not on clout yet. Wow, right. I haven't checked my number because uh, I'm too scared. That, I can't believe you're not on clout. Oh, my God. I'm going to leave. LinkedIn. Yeah, well, that's sad. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just go back to MySpace, yeah. Grandpa. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's a, Facebook's goal is... How much time can I spend accomplishing absolutely zero today? Yes. Yes. And yet just being drained and exhausted. Oh, completely, completely. Uh, and yet there's, you know, people like us who have stuff to, I mean, you know, we, these days, uh, if you're any kind of an artist or entertainer, you got to. no one gives a shit about you except yourself. <laughs> and so you got to put it out there somehow. It occurred to yeah, me recently close. that it is much, much easier to do things than to convince people to do things. <laughs> yes. It's, it there is. There is some autonomy. Yeah. yeah, yeah Self-publishing. I've spent, you know, I spent 20 years in Los Angeles going, would somebody please give me permission to have a career? Yeah. Mm. Hello, hello, could you let me in and let me have a career, please? Yeah. No, and then, right, like, right. four years ago, I went... Oh, you know what I could do is a show. <laughs> I, could, I, could, I, could, I could fucking write something instead of this, this. I could actually take some of these scripts I've written and show them to people <laughs> instead of asking people for permission yeah. to get my stuff shown to other people. Yeah, the upside is you can make your own show now in a digital revolution. Yep. The downside is you'll probably do it for free yeah. and spend a little money to do it. The upside is someone might buy it. Yeah. The downside is they probably won't pay that much for it. Yeah. But tick tock, tick tock, upside, downside, upside, downside. Eventually, some people have gotten huge deals out of it. It's it's true, and and I really do believe. I say this, and I, I want to believe it, and I still do believe it. <laughs> I really do pretend to believe. Yeah. yeah. Talk yourself into it. Is that that the cream does rise to the top? Spoken like a true Hopefully. Catholic. Yeah. Don't I mean, it's, I feel like it's just the same thing over and over and over. It's just going to be a saturated market because everyone's going to get what Rick is saying. I make yeah. my own show. And like you're saying, I, I hope 
the cream does rise to the yeah and and i think eventually though i think it's going to even out i think everyone's going to get sick of doing these youtube videos because there are it's, it is so saturated so mm. no one's ever going to get right the tension and then i think fame is going to kind of show its face to people and not everyone's going to get it at some point this generation is going to go oh i didn't get a reality show i have to go work at arby's you know it's it's like i mm. i'm i'm wondering when that when that arc happens and maybe that's when you know it's we're all walking with guns on the street trying to protect our gold bars in our house because the economy has collapsed. Because Ron Paul is president. <laughs> so, why do they want the fame so bad? What's so special about it? Because it takes on, you know, you have a huge responsibility it's, when you're famous. We believe that it comes yeah. with money. Well, that, but, I, but I think it's more than money. I think it has to status. do with, with, you know, there's this really important stance as a human being and to be able to declare to the world, I am. I think this is tied into why storytelling is on the rise. Mm-hmm. And I don't just say that as a pro- pro- self-promotional mechanism. I actually think there's been a lot more storytelling going on. I think there was a time when communities were small enough and people spoke to other people in their communities when everybody knew everybody else's story. Mm. In Skylerville, New York, where I grew up, we knew the guy who had been violent as a child and had been lobotomized and now wandered around downtown looking confused all the time. And we knew that whole story. Right. And we knew the guy who came back from Vietnam and didn't like to talk to anybody anymore. And we knew that the LeBarons beat up their kids and that's why their kids were bullies. And We knew everybody's story and everybody mm. knew ours. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know... Everybody was confused because we were Jews and we had a big Christmas tree. They, everybody knew what was going on in everybody else's home. Yeah. Nobody knows anybody else's story now and everybody's going, hey, look, look, I'm here. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm Cindy Lou Who. We are here. We are here. We are here. I think that's, I think that is a great point and I think that is why, um, things like Facebook and Twitter have, have become such the thing that they are because we are all declaring, I am here. And, and I'm wondering if like the age of television did that a little bit because we all became anonymous inside of our houses and started watching other people's stories that were certainly there was some great storytelling on, on TV going on over the decades, but, but we became the receiver, the passive receiver of other people's stories in our homes. And we were like locked in and we were no longer, you know, meeting in community spaces. I mean, really the last 50 years, the community has gone away and it's, it's having a resurgence, I think now, but I, I think there's something Even to that. that. With, the, the, with the early television, there were three channels. Yes. So everybody went to work the next day and they had all Talk pretty about much it. seen the same thing. Yeah. We're all having the same experience it's a shared experience and now you know you go to work and you say did you see fashion runway yesterday (laughs) you're a fag i watch football (laughs) really you guys were watching football did you not see what happened in the news let's all go back to our cubicles or like those people like tv i don't have a tv i just watch everything on hulu you know (laughs) (laughs) my apple tv brings everything to my room exactly it's it's changing how you get residuals too Oh yeah. God, completely. But, but I, th- I think this, this, um, this I am thing and this, this, you know, because just noticing like in my own life how, um, coming from the shadow, you know, my dad was the famous one in my family and, and. I'm sorry, you had a famous dad? I did. His name was <laughs> Herbert Hoover. No way. <laughs> I did not I know your, isn't it weird? <laughs> because my last name is Carlin. I know. It's my really weird. was his haberdasher. I know. It's very strange. So, and, and just noticing the last year of my life, um, it was two years, but really the last year, 
of now becoming the person that, you know, I come out of, I come out of one of my shows or something and, and people know me from Facebook or Twitter and they, and they want to meet me and they want to know me and, and they ask me questions and stuff like that. And it's, it's, it's weird to now be on the receiving end of this and a little bit like what you were talking about earlier, just kind of trying to figure out you know, in my whole life, I was in the shadow and I thought, oh, I want to be, I want to be the person in the front. I want to be the one who the spotlight is on. And now that the spotlight's on, I mean, one of the things I've been struggling with in my rehearsal time a little bit is there's, I can't hide behind my dad anymore. Mm-mm. And if you're, and if you want to be famous, you got to be willing to be, you know, especially on a stage where there's no space between you and the audience and that there's, it's very vulnerable thing actually. You have to, to know yourself all that much better. Yeah. Cause that's what you know you're presenting to them. Yeah, absolutely. And you have to be ready for them to accept or not accept your actual you. Cause you, you can't show them anything else. And they've projected things onto me. So they think they know who I am based on their ideas of who George Carlin is or who I am on, on, on the internets or even who I am on stage. And and that's weird too because it's like you we we're not familiar with each other but they think they are. That that's not just because of who your father was. That happens to every performer. I I have this thing that I talk about where people come I I come off stage and people think they've had this intimate experience with me because I expose parts of myself so to speak to them that they're not you know, and they think they know me. Not the naked parts. The, right. The experience they've shared is with everybody else in the room except me. Yeah. They're all sitting there doing the same thing. I'm busy working. Right. But they think we've had this moment together. Right. And actually, they've had it with right. themselves exactly. in some way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I just want to introduce uh, – we have a fourth person here at the octagonal table. Uh, Mr. Chris Bono has walked in and – Hello. Uh, you can actually share the mic with Aaron. You two. Hi. <laughs> uh, that was for the stereo people. This is my mic. Oh, that yeah. was. Right people wearing headphones. <laughs> I was on the right. Now I'm on the left. It's Hello. kind of like a Beach Boys song. <laughs> Wonderful to be here. Where are the chips? Let's play some poker. Did everyone cover that? We did. Already? We Good. did, yes. Uh, we, and, and Dylan was confused he because he was bucks. the only one who had to put four bucks in. Oh, I see. But Never I explained it just because it's Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> I am charged to be on people's podcasts. Yes, pretty much. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just charged to be here. Aww. So. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> uh, Let me introduce um, my, our, our latecomer here, who is, it's, you know, it's a free flow uh, thing here. Mm. This is uh, Chris, Chris Bono, B-O-N-N-O, people. Oh, thank you. And uh, he's Bono Men. The extra N is for your pleasure. That's right. Because yes. without an N, it's just not right. I will project that on my audiences. <laughs> Yes. However, they want to take away. I got pleasure oh, from that's... the end. Whatever. Wow, you know, projecting on the audience—that's something I was doing too, and it was screwing me up. We could talk a little bit about that too. But first, oh, I just—I well, just yes. want to introduce okay. you, you, who you are a little bit. Chris is um, a comedian. He's a musician. He's a fantastic painter. He's what else do you do, Chris? He's an excellent he's, roommate. He's an excellent roommate. I wouldn't know that, but clearly <sighs> Dylan see. knows that. Are you a not a bad folder? Nice. The towels are the easiest. Towels are good. You know it's hard those sheets with the elastic part. Worse. Yeah. yeah. I've just given up on those over time. Well, it helps having a husband because when you do it together, it does help a little bit. <laughs> you should get a husband. Yeah. Oh, how about that? <laughs> yeah, so you can fold sheets. I, there's some states I can do that in. I, I may be performing in them very soon. <laughs> 
Excellent. So welcome to the roundtable. Well, obviously, we're talking we're talking about fame right now and just uh, just all Does the money di- come with it immediately. We, yeah, we were I talking about this, too. Or? Yeah, no, that's, no it it's a good not. question. It doesn't. It I, does I, not. I, I like the Bill Murray. Um, I believe it was attributed to Bill Murray. It might have been something from he took from someone else, which is, you know, if you want to be rich and famous, uh, try being rich first. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I'd like that. That would be because you know that would be good. You could practice that part without putting all the the emphasis on the idea that oh I'll get this and then everything will change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So go to chrisbono.com and just buy art if you would. <laughs> just buy the art because I don't even you, you know what. Pretend that you've forgotten the name after you buy it, so there's no fame involved. Just the money. That's chrisbono.com. The ends. extra n is for your pleasure. <laughs> Looking for a hubby. Larry! I don't know why his name would be Larry. It would be. It was loud then, and I apologize. (laughs) All right. He doesn't need love. He just needs help folding the fitted sheets. Yeah, really. And some other. Hi. Hi. So uh, this is a cool idea. So what other subject have we covered? We're on fame We're just on fame. We're just starting with fame. And and, and we were just, we were talking about what the audience projects onto us and how to deal with that. But I wanted to bring up this other idea of projecting onto the audience Mm. and how this was getting in my way. Um, because a lot of the people who come to my show are quote unquote George Carlin fans. Oh, yeah. And so they don't know who I am. And so I started getting this little chip on my shoulder about, you know, what that means or like what they're, what they're not willing, where they're not willing to go with me or, or who they think I'm supposed to be. And all those thoughts were just really getting in my way of just being present on stage because I was then trying to grapple some idea of who they were. Back when I was a comic, before I was a humorist, Mm -hmm. I I used to do a lot of political stuff, far left political stuff. And when I toured southern states, when I toured conservative areas, I would find myself going on stage pissed off. Mm -hmm. I disagree with you people and I'm going to tell you (laughs) what you should think. Right. And it took me a long time to be able to sort of back off of that idea and not just be adversarial with the people that I was projecting my own neuroses onto. Yeah, and and that's a great point. Um how you know, if you're if if you do want to make your audience adversarial, does does that work? Does that help? Is that or is that a way to For be a some performer? It does. Yeah. I'm trying to think, you know, how that would work and I'm not a big fan of having that kind of energy yeah. during a show or after a show or you know, uh, in general, because I prefer it, not to it, because you, you know, I as an audience member, I don't want audience audience as an audience. Uh, d- uh, the uh, grammar <laughs> fucking police is here I, it's, now. It's not an actual <laughs> word. I just, <laughs> oh no, I'm I just kidding. Kill, it's a fun word. It is a good word. I, as the audience, uh, I would be uncomfortable with thinking that the the comic or whoever it is uh, is you know thinks I'm an idiot or ignorant or it's like you know. F- well, you know, and, and how are you going to get laughter out of someone like that? You know, I mean, ha ha, fuck you. Some crowds are okay with it as long as it's, uh. It's, it makes a buzzy noise when you put your sorry. iPhone a little okay. too close. I mean, it's okay if you put it close to certain parts of my body, but then, just then, in my ear, it doesn't. And then page work. yourself, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, no, your dad was able to get away with it under certain circumstances. It's when the crowd knows that the bitch slap is all done in kind of like a, a fun way. And sometimes he'd push past that. He'd establish that and then go 10 steps beyond that with them expecting the old version of it. And they'd stay on based on the rolling expectation. And he'd hit them with 10 times heavier stuff. And he'd load them with data. And in, I think in my dad's audience, I would have that experience because there was certain things he would talk about that were affecting me. And I would say, oh, well, he's talking about those other people who love Lance Armstrong. <laughs> not me who I, you know, idealize Lance Armstrong. No, and he's not talking about me. He's talking about the other assholes in the country. And so that works then too. I also feel like I used to think when I did stand up that I had a responsibility to entertain the crowd. Mm-hmm. And then it was too like you know, people pleasing. And the more I get up there and just do my thing, not from a selfish standpoint, like I just want to have mm. a good time, period. Yeah. I hope they have a good time, mm. but it's not my, that's out of my control. You know what I mean? But I do, mm. I do feel like you, you obviously you'd prefer laughter. <laughs> I mean, for many reasons, but you, I mean, that's my goal always. Uh-huh. It's just like, I want everyone to have a good time, but I'm not going to stop like saying what I say up on stage for their benefit. But I also, it, it does make me cringe when I'm in audience. Dylan. Well done. Um, thank you. You know what an audience can, apl- can, can <laughs> provide? <laughs> what? An applause. <laughs> thank you. When when a comic gets up there and just alienates like two people in the audience because mm-hmm. they're just so angry, I'm like, it's not funny. Uh-huh. I'm trying to hear for Well, some comedy. comics fall into a trap of they know their act is going to suck, so they, they'll, they'll open with, <laughs> here's another one you won't like. <laughs> Well, Larry, oh, yeah. I think it's going. You're like, yeah, get in that mindset. Make it look like it was their idea. When yeah. I was in New York working at the improv, I was like 17, and Larry David used to come on, look at the audience, and decide whether or not he was doing a set. He would yeah, just stand there, yeah. check them out, wow. and then walk off. Yeah, 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 that's not gonna work. You always, if you were next, you just had to wait for the thunk, the thunk, thunk sound of the mic hitting the stage. You know? Wow, oh, I'm on. Gee, you want to go out after that? <laughs> nah. Thanks for warming up the audience for me, Larry. Clean up in aisle six. <laughs> it does it does help me to know when I go out on stage uh to be in a kind of a state of mind of okay my job is my job is to be entertaining yeah. mm-hmm. but also that uh I'm kind of in service to them in that way like all right that's what I'm here to provide uh and then get rid of all the other things that I like that I have done myself in the past with projecting on them like they don't get it they're with this person we're look at the Look at those people over there, like 94 years old. I've <laughs> yeah. never met a 94-year-old. Whatever. <laughs> right. Just take that away yeah. and then go for it. It's still a little bit of an experiment, but for the most part, that's when it's grounded. So this is an interesting thing because I'm, I'm thinking about you know connecting it to fame. And I think what happens in our culture, too, because I think about the, the big fall that always happens with celebrities you know, and how in this culture we love we love idealizing them. We love putting them on the big, you know – the big throne, and then we love it when they fall. Oh, when they get drunk and call a cop a Jew. Yes. I love that. Yes. <laughs> well, there's that kind of falling, and then there's just normal human foible stuff that yeah. happens. And the yeah. audience, because there's more than one, uh, get disappointed that they actually show up as human beings. You know how hard it is to stand on a pedestal for longer than five minutes? <laughs> 
<laughs> I bet it's hard. There's not that much room it, under there. And it it's is. your legs get a little achy. And down you go. Yeah, and there you go. Right. Yeah, Unless absolutely. you're trained from Russia, Czechoslovakia, in the Cirque du Soleil. Where they have to do it every night. Pedestalism. Pedestalism. <laughs> and some people have been arrested for that. Is that in the London? I think it's in the Summer Olympics. Uh, it's, pedestal it's a new, standing. Yeah, pedestal standing. It's Why I go into this voice the entire time, I'm not sure, but uh, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> That's a little Marlon Brando. Go ahead, Rick. You got yours with the Back on the pedestal, Marlon. Okay. We need. We're gonna need a bigger pedestal. Oh, the horror! The horror! Can we, can we get scaffolding? scaffolding around that pedestal? He's hanging. He's kind of sagging off the sides of the pedestal there. If you can just sort of center it. Uh, I just want to roll over on it. <laughs> Can I get Papa John's here while I'm on the pedestal? <laughs> so I, I wanted to bring this other topic up, and I, I kind of want to connect it to this. I, I, I think it's connected to this in some ways because Sarah Palin is someone who I feel uh, – did you guys see the game yeah. change? Yeah. So uh, fascinating. Um, only I don't have a TV. I just watch stuff on Hulu. <laughs> High five. <laughs> High five. <laughs> because one of the things, a couple of things come clear. First of all, it, it talk about humanizing her. It, in yeah. some ways, it humanizes her because she's kind of in, she was in way over her head. They they did not vet her properly, and suddenly they had this person who was not at all qualified to do what they thought she was hopefully it, qualified for. It was a really smart move they did. They didn't attack McCain and Palin. They attacked the giant machinery of the Republican Party behind them. Because the guys who was the corrupting force. Because yeah. we don't have to deal with McCain and Palin this well, year they're, around. They're we just, have to deal with the giant right. gnashing <laughs> toothed machine. And they're just chess. Yeah, you know, they're just chess pieces in, in the machine. Absolutely. And yeah. to not trust the next items that they that mouth produces. Yeah, but what was what was interesting was her. What was revealed was that she was more concerned with. Her popularity and how she was doing in Alaska, which was fascinating. Uh, she kept worrying about her numbers in Alaska, and um, uh, and and so 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 she's in some ways a product of what we've been talking about this kind of celebrity fame, uh, you know, wanting to be loved type of thing. But one of the reasons I bring it up is because it's, it is actually in the news this week that uh, Bill Maher called her. I don't, did he call her a cunt this week? Or did he call her a cunt in the wow. past? And I now think he called br- her a cunt in general. I don't. <laughs> I, I don't think it was limited to a time span. I think. He- yeah, and so they're and so now they're all the the actually they were saying the c word on CNN today. It was fantastic. Oh, wow. They were talking about the c word. Have you heard it? Louis C.K.'s thing about the n word? I. Th- Pretty sure I have. Uh, he has a brilliant thing about – he gets annoyed when they say on the news the N-word. Yeah. they're talking about the word nigger. Right. Just don't make me say the word nigger. If you want to say it, say it. Right. Yeah. And, we were, and I was talking to I was talking to my guest last week and we were talking about, you know, it should just – if they if want to say it, just say racial slur if you don't want to say the word. Yeah. You know, it's like when they do F star star K in mm-hmm. the newspaper. Yeah. Like, I don't know that's fuck. You know, it's it could be FERC. It could be FERC. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a little known swear like word. Andrew Burroughs, John Carter Moss. <laughs> A small bit of food stuck to the face. So they're so they're so the um the the mainstream media is all in a Twitter today because they feel that uh that you know why did everyone go after Rush Limbaugh for calling um that lovely lady who wanted Sandra. to testify Sandra Fluke a slut. Uh, and how is it different than Bill Maher calling Sarah Palin a cunt? Yes, I Dylan. I know this one. I know okay. this one. Because Sandra Fluke is not actually a public 
person, a public figure. She is a citizen who is trying to state what she believed. And Sarah Palin actually is a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we cleared that up, people. That's one, simple. One is opinion. The other is hard, cold fact. <laughs> And and then warm you know what? Fact, uh, the warm soft. Uh, hello, uh, they uh, the, the so they want to protest. Yeah, go ahead, go after all of Bill's advertisers. Yeah, right. HBO, exactly. Blanche. Well, and that's what happened to him on ABC. You know, when he had politically incorrect, they did right. go after his advertisers. Right now, is is so? My question is: Is Rush Limbaugh an entertainer? It, because that's what Rush Limbaugh claims. He claims he's an entertainer, and that how can Bill can get away with this and he can't? This is one of my pet peeves. Entertainment is the word people use when they don't want to take responsibility for what they say through their art. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, if you don't believe what you're saying, then you get out of it. I go, well, I'm just an entertainer. Uh-huh. I can, I, I, my job is just to get laughs. It doesn't matter what I say as long as I get laughs. Right. And that is a load of crap. Yeah. Wow. If you're talking to a room full of people or two people or a nation of people, think about what you want to say. Mm-hmm. And then you don't I have agree. to back off of it later. Yeah, yeah, it's called false equivalency. And it's very convenient when you're the one who's mostly lying and spreading bad things mm-hmm. or spreading malice, you know. And it's very uh, – there's teams of of, uh, uh, um, of people trying to brainstorm how to spin everything back the other way. And they come up with things like, what about Bill Maher? And then get this in the press. Let's go hit one of theirs now. Right. And to pull steam off of this. The thing is, the left doesn't have teams of people figuring any of this stuff out. Right. We don't have the money for it. We don't <laughs> well, have, Bill we Maher don't, does. He well, just gave a million dollars to a super PAC. <laughs> yeah. But he doesn't have weapons guidance system money. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He's, he's a different level he's, of wealthy. He's, he's not got, invited to the big rap party. He's got bong hit money. Bong hit money. <laughs> and Poker I've seen money. his bong, man. Yeah, it's yeah. Well, and I mean got, that literally, his bong, not his actual <laughs> other thing that could be. <laughs> oh. Yeah, but they're not the of, same category. It's a fake, it's a false equivalency to say that Rush Limbaugh and Bill Maher are the same. And yet... Uh, which, and, let's see the Rush Limbaugh comedy special. Where's that? Is he calling himself an entertainer? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Okay. He does call himself an entertainer. He and he really did a comedy does. special. He did, yeah. actually. He He's, did a, a live in movie theaters thing he, where it got... He did a tour, and yeah. people just got so bored and walked out. Even people who agree with him were just going, yeah, no, we can't sit through an hour and a half of this. And they left the theaters. Wow. Oh yeah, 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 because I, you know, I just assumed he was just a mouthpiece for the right, he you know, is. and and yet, and, and the thing about Rush is he was a he was a morning shock jock, that was his first job was he was a, he was a DJ, a morning shock jock, and he just you know I think we've talked about this before you know where's the money oh it's on the right and that's where the talk radio and you know he's the one who really pioneered this, but you know I think it's interesting these days because. Um, uh, you know, Bill Maher did just give a million dollars to a super PAC. So, uh. It's versus billions. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying, as a comedian, um, he's, he's, he's saying, as a citizen, I guess he's saying, I want to affect politics. Yeah. You know? I, so, we all do. Okay. So, but, but, <coughs> but I think it's an interesting line that, you know, that it's like, I, that these, uh, and certainly John Stewart and Colbert are another great people who I think are actually yeah. having an incredible. They're entertainers. They are, and yet they are for, They're artists. And yeah. they're yeah. forwarding a political conversation every day, too. The, the major difference is that their influence is based solely on populism. Mm-hmm. Whereas the right is funded. 
Like, how come Rush is staying on the air when there's all these people pull out? Because this is, that's the trickle of money. The right. roaring torrent of money comes from another place that has nothing to do with any of those advertisers. Right, right. He's funded by another source that keeps him on and installs him everywhere. It's the same people that decide to put Fox News on with locked TV sets at airports and you don't have a remote to change anything. Yep, yep. It's that same entity, the Koch brother mindset that right. like whispers and funds this stuff. And, and yet it, it's... Things it, go under with Coke. <laughs> go under with Coke. <laughs> and, and, and yet there is this, uh, this blurring of this line that's happening in our culture. And is, is this a good thing for America? <laughs> Dylan? Uh, Kelly will call on you. No. Yes, Dylan. The answer is no. And Sarah Palin is a cunt. <laughs> I think, you know, we're, they're just words. Yes. So if you're going to take them personally, like personally, I hate that word. Right. And it's not like I'm not this prude woman, but like I, I get offended by it. Yeah. I hate it. Mm-hmm. And I and I think sometimes you can use it in extreme circumstances, but. I think when a cunt is a cunt, you need to call her a cunt. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think she is. I don't, <laughs> I don't like think she is either. Actually. Sure, it's blunt. Yeah. <laughs> but she's And not. it rhymes with blunt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But um, I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. For me, it's like I wouldn't pick that word for Sarah Palin. Yeah. Now, Ann Coulter, I would pick that word. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She fits in that category She's for a, me. She's a, yeah, cundit. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah Palin, I would have other words for. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, and, and I'm okay with the word. I would not like it when it's aimed at me, but if, if it is aimed at me, I think, well, I really have to look at myself today if that's being shouted right. at me. Absolutely. <laughs> why isn't flibbity gibbet caught on? Yeah. I wonder why that is. I'm hoping for a, I'm uh, very offended by flibbity gibbet. I'm hoping for a comeback <laughs> of twat. Twat. I think twat is underused in modern society. I, I would go with that one. Twat's nice. The it's UK, cute. Twat. The UK has no problem with cunt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, it's a, it, sure. oh, it's the a weather's di- coming in. It's going to be an utter cunt. Be sure a, to wear your Mac. He's a right cunt. Yeah, they yeah, use it all true. the time. Weather's going to yeah. be a Yeah, cunt. motherfucker's the bad word over there. Really? Queen mother. You're not fucking a queen mother. Oh, oh my God. Oh, I'll see if there's a crown involved. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, be sure no. to take the pointy thing off, though. Yes, if you take the pointy thing off, because it'll hurt <laughs> no, something. Don't touch Get the corgis off the bed. Oh, dear. I think I left the corgis in the car. <laughs> Strangeness. Um, oh, wow. We're Sorry. making music. Bravo. Um, so uh, so I think we've exhausted. We've done a great job with this topic, and I, I, I think we can – yes? Chris? I loved uh, that uh, John Lennon sang on David Bowie's song, Fame. He did. Did he really? Yeah, he did. He's the one going, Fame! Really? Like that, yeah. Wow. That was his last weekend, the year long. Oh, I saw that documentary. Yeah, he yeah, went away. Yeah. He came out he here. David. He did some heroin that year. Did he, you know, you did. That's Speaking that's... of fame, I mean, there's, there's, I mean, there's stalker thing. That's freaky. My dad had a stalker. Did he? I will tell the stalker story. So Juicy. my dad had. <laughs> so my dad would get all this mail and everything, and uh, there started becoming these letters from this woman that were getting really creepy. Like she would talk about their relationship and uh. and you know and all of this, and and so my mom was like, you know, what is what's going on here? My dad's like, no, really, there's nothing going on. She's crazy. And so one day my mom and my, my good friend Teresa and I went out to lunch. We, my parents lived in West LA. We were out to lunch and we came home. And my parents had a gate, like an actual electric gate that had to open. And, but there wasn't like high, high security around the house. We pull in and the front, the kitchen door is locked and everything. And there's someone sitting in like the little breakfast nook. And my mother says, I think it's Phyllis. And Teresa and I look at my mom like, well, who's Phyllis? And we walk in and this is woman Phyllis. And she is convinced that my father and she have had a 10 year relationship. Wow. And she's sitting at the, the, the kitchen table. 
And she's telling my mom how sorry she is to break the news to her today <laughs> that this is going on. And I am now in like full alarm mode. I'm like trying to look at her purse to see if she has a weapon. I'm like oh, thinking, geez. is she going to kill my mother yeah. or something? And um, I then walk kind of casually out the room and call the LAPD. Mm-hmm. And of course, they don't come because it's it's West LA and there's no cops in West LA because there's all private cops there. Hmm. And about 10 minutes later, I call back and say, yeah, no, this really is, this is a celebrity's house and there's a stalker in the house. And I'm going to call the LA times right now. You know, if you don't come in, so they sent someone. And, um, so she was, she was convinced that, um, she kept apologizing to me. I'm so sorry for breaking up your parents' marriage. I'm really, and she told these long stories about where she met my dad and the, the vacations they went on and the things and everything. And they are, and they come in and they handcuff her and they taking her down the driveway. And then she starts screaming about, um, you know, how, how, you know, before my dad, she was, had this long relationship with Lenny Bruce. Hmm. (laughs) So she was like the serial comedian. Yes. And she was, she was psychotic. She was off of her meds. And, uh, but it was really frightening because, Here's that projection thing. I mean, that was completely in her mind. And yes, she's had, she had mental illness, but oh my God, she really believed that this was real. And the only reason she knew him was because he was famous, you know? I mean, it's famous kind of dangerous on some level. Did she leave her number? <laughs> Man, the crazy ones are so good in the you know, sack. For a little bit until you find their pills. <laughs> this segment is brought to you by antipsychotics. Antipsychotics. <laughs> Side effects may include <laughs> and screaming. <laughs> screaming. <laughs> so yeah, it was it was very chilling to like feel the reality of that. So I can't imagine being Johnny Depp or Angela Jolie, someone like that, you know, on that level, who must have, you know, hundreds of these people pretending they're in relationships with them all day long. Ugh. All I can say is if I'm ever lucky enough to have a stalker, I hope <laughs> her name is Phyllis. <laughs> <laughs> why not? Why not? That's how the movie opens. Is the stalker gets in and is totally welcomed and included into the <laughs> Come in. Phyllis, <laughs> it's about time. Oh Until it gets a little weird for the stalker. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just had it pictured all different in my head. And, uh, I guess I'm just used to the rejection, and so maybe I should get going. No, no, no. We got the room all set up for you. Okay, look at the time. Would you like a crumpet? You know, oh. I imagine the reverse could be true now with Facebook, with all the details that are online. You could pick someone. You, you could know, pick right. pick one of your fr- your friends. Everything out about them. You and know. Oh, wouldn't oh, that be fun to find out that gifts. Johnny Depp is stalking Johnny a fan? Johnny Depp keeps sending me emails. <laughs> right. I have no idea. Most of them don't have pictures of themselves. It's just this array of fucking cartoon characters and cats. Yeah, that's bothersome. You're not a real person. You're a sock puppet. All right. I got it now. Yeah. No actual pictures of you. I don't you, trust you. You know, I had a question about this on Twitter the other night because, uh, you know, when the bots come and, you, you know, you talk about, God forbid, if you talk about an iPad, you'll get a fucking iPad bot in about 30 seconds. All right. And, uh, but I want to know if the people who was giving them away free i understand and i still <laughs> haven't received mine god damn it but i want to know the little pictures they use of the pretty girls uh-huh did the pretty girls know that they're yeah. being used by the bots oh that's interesting yeah. whose, pic- that whose pictures are those whose picture is is charlotte 843 those are actually bots <laughs> they're, they're <laughs> pretty girl bots they all wow. live in one dormitory cool in downtown hong kong <laughs> <laughs> 
nice downtown Hong Kong. Wow, I'm feeling like it's very, uh, you know, uh, postmodern apocalyptic. Where's Harrison yeah. Ford suddenly? All right, I'm digging. They're this redoing one. it. <laughs> are, are they are? Yeah. No, they're not remaking they're, they're it. Not doing remaking another Blade Runner, or? or they're doing a prequel or a sequel oh, to it. Okay. Yeah, they're doing they're one going back to visit because they're doing you know. Shia LaBeouf will be playing him as a child. <laughs> oh right. my God. Oh. <laughs> stab my eyes out! Stab my eyes out before it happens. Thank you oh. for saying that. But um, and and Michael Bay is directing. It'll be amazing. There'll be lots explosions. of explosions. Yeah, explosions and lots of uh, close-ups of wheels spinning yes. fast in car chases. That always helps in the car chase the wheel spinning fast it's like no i need to know the bigger picture of the car chase so i know who's winning and who's catching up because that's the point of a car chase that's that i only know cars from their rims yeah exactly <laughs> as a fight director and i used to be a fight director i get really oh, stop annoyed. showing off i get really annoyed when they show fights and it's all shown shoulder to shoulder yes and then there's lots of sound effects of thumping yes that's not the way to do it no Let's shoot Fred Astaire from the chest up. Exactly. You know, that's why I love Bruce Lee, because you would watch Bruce Lee. And Jackie Chan. And do their stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. My first crush was Bruce Lee. Wow. I I know. Deep thoughts. I know. It's kind of weird. But yeah, Bruce Lee kind of made my jingle jangle. You know, know, Ah. Lisa Colbert used to hang out with him. Oh. Because he coached her dad. Wow. That's right. He was on that short list. Of famous people that like uh right you see this footage of them working out in the backyard oh wow that's so Big cool old skinny Jim and little Bruce I had weird first crushes I Who him, else? him and Billy Jack that's why I had that's why oh, Chris Bono right behind uh, Rick's head and here in the studio is a, a beautiful painting of Billy Jack Tom Laughlin it's the actual Billy Jack you character. know what maybe I'll put it up online as a print. I think you should. Okay, then. I think you should. And that was my other crush. But I think it just had to do with his ability to like, he's so believed. His ability to put this foot on that side of his face. Yes, exactly. There was something so hot about that. He was liberal, super liberal, ass-kicking, part Indian guy. Yeah. Came back from Vietnam all disillusioned and was beating up redneck ass. Yeah, totally. The rednecks were just doing like ridiculous semi-circle porn flower on innocent Uh, girls and such, such a great film. Yeah. Really. I recently saw the sequel to it. I saw it too. It was on TV a few weeks ago. It was so sad. Was this the one that was all in court? It's horrible. Oh, God. We really we thought we were going to change the world with love, and we didn't. And, we're in, and Billy's in court because he's being accused of rape. That's right. <laughs> it's just so sad. Oh, no. yeah. Go ahead and leave your neighbor. Go ahead and love your friend. friend. <laughs> Do it in the name of heaven. You'll be justified in the end. <laughs> I had a crush on any guy named Ernie. Wow. Weird. Like Ernie. Like Ernie from My Three Sons. Ernie was the youngest one? <laughs> Dork. Oh, yeah. Sesame Street. He's still around. Ernie from Sesame he's Street. What about love? And Ernie Onassis oh, on ABC sure. Eyewitness News. Wow. He's a newscaster. I used to, he's still on the air. I used to kiss the television. Now, was it just <laughs> Ernie's or, or Ernest's also? No. Just, Ernest is way too formal. Okay. He's not into Hemingway. Ernie. You, like, <laughs> you know what? I wonder if anyone ever called hey, Hemingway Ernie. Ernie. <laughs> Man, Ernie, lighten up a little bit. I bet not. He spelled it with like a Y or something. My first profound, my beginnings of an erection was Anne Francis in uh, Forbidden Planet. Wow. My pounding erection (laughs) that I had to do something about 
<laughs> was Mrs. Peel from the Avengers. Oh, Black with those outfits, man. Zippered up. Hello. Fitting up and just bitch slapping some dude around. You know he could kick her ass, but he's just letting it happen. <laughs> ping, ping, boom. Oh, ooh, you're getting me. I better pretend to go out cold. <laughs> no, she really beat them up, Rick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so since we're all admitting this now, Dylan, who was your first crush? You know, it was all kids in grade school with me. Oh, I wasn't, I wasn't so what big, was her name? There was a there was a girl named Kim Brown in my second grade class. Mm-hmm. That's my and, aunt. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Every and Kim Brown, H O T. And uh, there was a girl named uh, I think it was Kathy Carney uh, in room seven. With it's a good one Irish arm. girl. Who I just Kathy Carney. never had the Fire guts it. to talk to. Really. Char, 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 char. Now, who was your first celebrity crush? I don't know. Well, who's your celebrity crush Although now? I will say who's when, on your list when now? When Charlie's Angels first came on the air, mm-hmm. I had a Kate Jackson thing. Oh, oh Kate Jackson. Yeah, yeah I was, and and uh, it was one more reason for you to be brutalized and ridiculed in grade school. You like the smart one? Yeah. <laughs> really? You like the smart one? Why, you would. Well, we There's all know Marianne was the best one on Gilligan's Island, yes. too. I mean, mm-hmm. hello. So, you know, yeah. Ginger was all flashy and stuff, but that only lasts for so long. You ain't getting no Botox on that damn island in 20 <laughs> years, babe. The and professor those- could have manufactured it out of coconut shavings, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> He's very talented. <laughs> Poor Lovey. Smart. Lovey. They go Lovey. She ain't getting no Lovey. No, boy. Did she want some? Gilligan could have got on that, but no, he didn't. He <laughs> little didn't. buddy, come here, little buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Goldie Hawn. Oh, Goldie like laugh, yeah. laughing Goldie Hawn. That's dancing. a good crush. Mm-hmm. I have it, a crush on it. It wasn't yeah, the painting totally. up and dancing. It was it the, the it was the in one where she couldn't get through a joke. Oh, and she would giggle her way through it. Giggling her way through and, and just having a great that time. smile of hers. Oh, so for God. you kids laughing, Google it. It's a fantastic show from the 60s that had many, many people who you don't know who their names are, and they were brilliant back then. You'd have had a shot with Ruth Buzzy, though. Yeah. I met Ruth Buzzy. I uh, worked for great. Ruth Buzzy's yeah. uh, husband. Ruth Buzzy's yeah. on Twitter. Yes. No, she's I, awesome. I, I follow her. I used to love her when she Not would on Twitter, hit, but... the, hit him with the purse, Artie Johnson. Oh, Johnson. Yeah. 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 So right. Some pervert. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe... You, you want me you want to come over here? <laughs> it was just sitting there. It was just awesome. I was like, oh, that was what he was. He took so, a lot of spills on that so trike, funny. man. Oh my he went god! Over, like, he didn't wind up week. on pills like uh, Chevy. Chevy. Chevy Chase did he? Oh, no, yeah. I did stunts for Chevy and Fletch because of that. Wow! Did you? Oh, that's so cool. Did you meet Dana Wheeler Nicholson, with whom I went to school? Dana my Wheeler Nicholson. No, but I know it's that, a good yes. name, Dana Wheeler Nicholson, isn't it? Just rolls right off the tongue. She's <laughs> Chris, who's your famous? Who's your first crush? I had uh, a neurotic dream about Shirley Bassey. Wow, Is neurotic, or neurotic? neurotic and a- neurotic because okay. I had to ask my parents about it. <laughs> <laughs> this was, was so I'm, I'm not seen her, but it was, and then I felt things. Mystery <laughs> <laughs> repeating. I was in love with a voice. Um, but that's um, nice. Rocco Welch and fantastic. Is it Fantastic Voyage? Fantastic yeah. Voyage. Mm-hmm. With, uh, well, everybody Donald was so anxious. Pleasant, who I think I've been doing Donald. Hold on, hold on. But it's not I think that might be who that is, but it's like, ooh. Remember the battle to get to her body when all the antibodies were attacking her that to get was, those I, off of her? Very clearly. 
<laughs> Clearly. It was like arts and crafts, like yeah. with violent arts and crafts. Opening There's a Christmas stuff present. to this woman. Yeah. We have to remove the things that we just... God, I never saw woman. this film. Me neither. I saw Barbarella, but I never saw that oh, one. Oh, that was pretty great. My parents, who used to speak French when they didn't want me to understand what was happening, wanted to take me out somewhere when that film was going to be on television. And they knew that that would be interesting for me because I was, I was a science fiction fan. And uh, my father turned to my mother thinking I would have no idea what was going on and said, uh, no, uh, voyage fantastique sur la télévision. And I said, really? I said, when did you learn to speak French? <laughs> for a smart man, kind of an idiot. <laughs> and I was allowed to stay home and watch Ooh. that film. Oh, va, yeah. va, va, Hello. I did have a major crush on Linda Ronstadt. Oh, yeah. And um, I went to – I was lucky enough to hang out with some friends who were like, you know, had looser uh, <laughs> looser uh, constraints at their home. Right. So it was like, hey, we're going to go hang out at their house. Okay, don't you do anything. <laughs> then off we go <laughs> of course. to like the Haight-Ashbury area of right. Houston at the time where right. they sell the candles and the cinnamon toothpicks and like everything's peace and love. And I, I saw a woman singing some uh, Linda Ronstadt stuff and I was like – Huh, local Linda Ronstadt here is pretty awesome. <laughs> you know, they're everywhere. So, local. Yeah. There are singers no in good, every town. You're no good, baby. Just, is no it, was this when she was dating Jerry Brown, that era of Linda Ronstadt? Uh, or when she was doing was, the Mexican music, Linda uh, Ronstadt? No, it was before the Mexican music. It was definitely the... the Which was um, amazing. Her voice is amazing. She's great. My God. father had a huge poster of her above his bed. Really? <laughs> I didn't have any posters yeah. of people Fair in my... It was, in, was above my art table. Really? Nice. That, yeah. I don't think I had yeah, They centered yeah. the oh, I did nipple, have a, so you could need to align it. I had the it. coolest poster when I was a kid, though. <laughs> it was a poster of Nixon's face, and he had resigned, but there was a certain amount of days left in his presidency, <laughs> oh my and there was that many squares, and every day you could you fill could out the up. square, and oh, I would do great. it. I did, and I wish I had kept that. Wow. I had, in high school, I had a Senator John Blutarski poster. Nice. <laughs> I don't know who that is. It was John Belushi's character in Animal House, when uh. they projected in the future oh, at the end of the final wow. day you know, now Senator John Blutarski I had the but he still had the bandana on right like that's when he was no I had I had a poster of him he's wearing a suit and he's just looking wow John Belushi oh doing great that. Senator oh, John neat. Blutarski wow you know there's people like that in the Senate I think now lots yeah I don't know if the Senate maybe the Congress I feel like the Congress has people like that not the Senate so much does the I Senate th- have more class, or is that just in my mind? That's just in your mind. I think they were all, you know, Ivy League partiers yeah. whose, whose daddies were involved in politics at this point. Um, uh, speaking of politics, I'm just letting Rick know the times he has to go to do his I think you were showing him a picture of your show. dog. Yes. Um, uh, just before, well, you know, we've got a few more minutes here. I just, I, I want to, to mine your minds about, um, this whole Gingrich Santorum thing. I mean, it's just so fun. I'm so enjoying watching the Republican Party. And I mean, so you really do reap what you sow. I really do believe in that lovely little saying. Uh, because, you know, 15 years ago, these people were all on message. They were all, you know, lockstep. They all had this one message. The Republican Party, I thought, oh my God, this is unstoppable. The, the Democrats are never going to figure out a way to, to, to meet up with this because we're all diverse and we can't even decide on what color to, you know, the chair should be in the room. And, and now we're watching this party kind of, uh, disassemble itself from the inside. 
And so I'm, you know, I, I have a little bit of schadenfreude. I'm enjoying myself. Well, they may just rig everything and steal the vote at the end of it all. They're caging this year. They're going to have digital voting machines where you vote for one guy and just stand there and watch go blink over to the other one while you're standing there. God, I hope really? not. I, that yeah, would be depressing. It's a, it's a company called D-Bold. Well, I, D-I-E-B-O-L-D. I, and, and they Google have successfully it. sold a lot of the like, yeah. Yes, absolutely. There's an HBO special about uh, and so uh, stealing I think, the vote. Well, and, 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 so, and yet I think, you know, the polls are pretty clear, you know, that I think if something like that were to happen after, you know, the polls obama's been polling one way up until the day of the election and then suddenly it's different yeah. do you think people would take to the streets over that well they certainly are preparing for it yeah they have uh, they're already creating free speech zones yeah oh, where you're not allowed is, anywhere near the a politician I saw anymore that new to law. protest or it's a federal crime i know now. It's you've really got to protest scary. like miles away yeah they've been doing that for a few years i actually. want to know at what point the republican party started saying the good old days and thinking about the dark ages uh, well true yeah. as a woman aaron as women i mean what do you yes. yeah <laughs> aaron, you are how woman. are you feeling about this attack on our vaginas i think snooki should run for president I, well i think it's just a, i think it would be an improvement at this point <laughs> That is she really pregnant? I think so. Snooki is pregnant, mm-hmm. according to Us Weekly. So Snooki is, is that's, fact that, as far as <laughs> oh, that's just Bible gospel. <laughs> that's going to ruin my Snooki Snuggy that I just bought. <laughs> I bought a Snooky You've Snuggie. already ruined your Snooky Snooky-Snuggy-Snuggy-Snuggy-Snuggy-Snuggy-Snuggy-Snuggy-Snuggy-Snuggy-Snuggy-Snuggy-Snuggy-Snuggy-Snuggy-Snuggy-Snuggy
Republicans who say, <laughs> we want you to be a certain way, but when the door's fucking closed, it's keys into the, the snifter. Well, and what I think's great is what's really backfiring <laughs> on them is, you know, when they started um, pandering to the religious right in the 80s, you know, when Reagan started doing that, uh, it was a, it was a great strategy for a while because, you know, they really, they, they got this really rabid base, you know, in this important thing. And now I think it is coming back to bite them because in the, in the primaries, they have to be so right wing. Yeah. That they they don't even look like viable candidates. I mean, when no. Michelle Bachman and Perry were on stage and all those people, it was like, really? These these are people in the 21st century They're saying mannequins. These, yes, mannequins and like saying things that you know for 50 years we stopped believing as a country as as a, well I thought as a collective. And so they're talking to this you know, and they've done that. The, they've done the polling on this. Literally, they're talking to 10 percent of the population. People, these extreme Christian right wing people are 10 percent of the population. But the news treats them like there's this marching yes. massive army. It's yes. the, And the same people that make that kind of news are the same people that load Fox News onto the TV sets at the airports and fund people like well, Rush Limbaugh. It it's the Fum- same river. Uh, moral majority. Right. That was yeah. not Bullshit. a majority. Right. Not right. remotely. It was always 13% a minority. 13% of the entire population of America. Absolutely. And this is even before Fox News because I remember, you know, in the 80s studying this as a communication major that mm. there's that if there's a really loud minority, they get equal time in the mainstream media because they feed the story because they, they know the narrative. The mainstream media can handle that narrative and so they, they it just feeds right into their need for a certain kind of narrative that's why the occupy movement hasn't gained as much traction as it should have and yet it changed the narrative of this country because we're now talking about wealth in a very different way the narrative but it never set a narrative well nobody knows what to do with that but i think in and that's true and i think in the spring i think it'll be interesting to see how they come back out from the cold um because i know they're 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 about to 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 land and they're gonna have to link with the voting situation they are they're gonna have to they're gonna have to put some they're gonna have to find a way to but I mean, but I am. I'm proud of them for changing the narrative about wealth because that's now being talked about even by the Republicans in their primaries and their in their in their endless fucking debates. Really, and 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 there's no <laughs> difference between no di- real difference between any of these characters and masturbate. That's <laughs> very good. Masturbates. It was masturbates. It was like watching them masturbate. That's very good. Oh, that's awesome. Kevin so, Rooney said it was a, a lively exchange of idea. <laughs> That's a good audience. Rooney Dome produces another one. That's nice. fantastic. Well, we have a run out of room room here. Well, let's space and time. It's all one big continuum. Love you. Love you too. Rick is leaving right now. We've got a few more minutes. Rick, have a great show. Thank you. And Rick leaves with his bag of Whole Foods food. <laughs> I always see Ricky always has a bag of Whole Foods. Wow. Break a leg, break a tibia, and uh, break – just don't break the – Bank. I don't know what that means. It was really um, bad. Yeah, break enough other breakables. Yeah, break something uh-huh. else and and treat your audience well. The audience. The, yeah. the many audience. Oh, that would be sad. No, no, no. I meant each man. one of them. Each one of them is an audience tonight. That's their plan. That's right. And you speak to I'm each one of them, them individually. Earth. They better treat them well. Though. That's right. World War the, Earth, Galactic War One. We're, okay, good night, Rick. Bye, Rick. Bye. So, thank um, you. Thank you, buddy. So we're going to wrap this up here. Um, uh, let's think of a unique way to wrap this up. Uh, Logan F. Tell, I want you to quiet down. I'm tired of you monopolizing the conversation. I know. Mm-hmm. Your facial expressions are very loud. <laughs> You're distract- very disruptive. You're distracting, Chris. So um, let's leave uh, our listeners today with um, some kind of deep, strange thoughts about... <laughs> 
the future. About the future. <laughs> deep, strange thoughts about the future. So, so, Chris, what is your deep, strange thought about the future for our listeners today to leave them with? I think that if all of us realize that we're one, soon we'll be just a large clump of flesh wearing one shirt. <laughs> And that person will still have to find money for gas. <laughs> I think you're right. You're right about that. Absolutely. But I look forward to that. It'll be nice. I'm not, I'm not looking forward to the BO part of it though. Ew. No. Yeah. Cause when you're looking for gas oh, money. That's me. Yeah. So embarrassing. Um, and, uh, and Dylan Brody, do you have a, a deep, strange thought for us? Leave, leave it, it's not deep or strange. It is simply this. Listen to your breath. Hmm. That sound has been with you from the moment of your birth. It will be with you to the moment of your death. Hmm. As long as you can find that sound, everything's probably pretty much okay. Hmm. This is very true. Unless you have panic attack syndrome and then you obsess on your breath and then it's a whole other thing. If that's the case, stop listening to your breath. Okay, good. All right. Just checking there. Okay, yeah. Aaron, do you have any deep, strange thoughts for our future? Um, Well, based on the fame conversation we had, uh, don't be fooled by it. It's Uh, overrated. Yes. And um, I like talking like this. Mm-hmm, me too. It's, my, it's our NPR voices. Who's mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that? I'm a let me schmoo. Yeah, I think you should um, stay away from your iPads mm-hmm. because I feel in 20 years people are going to be entering rehabs that are addicted to technology. And that is my deep, strange thought. Thank you. And they'll be called iHabs. Exactly. I have. <laughs> really? It's it's a disorder. It is a disorder because I have it and I know it all about it. I need a meeting. I got my dog an eye bone. An eye bone. No, he won't even look at me. He just keeps his head down <laughs> reading the female. <laughs> reading the female. We, we Ned reads the female too when we take him out. Yeah, for there's a, a yap for that. Yeah, there is a yap for that. Oh God, there we go with the dog ones. And my deep strange thought I'm leaving you all with is um <clears throat> I like sweet relish mm. <laughs> in my tuna, mm. and uh, mm. and I, I I used to like Miracle Whip when I was a kid. So, um, fortunately, <laughs> rehab. Um, I guess my deep thought is really love your condiments. They're yours to love. Don't let other people sway you from your condiments. Someone's afraid of mayonnaise. Fuck them. Put mayonnaise on your sandwich, even if it's in front of them. Fuck them. Use a condiment. That's Don't right. let the right take away the condiment. That's from right. Us. Eat bologna. Yes. <laughs> so that is our show today. Um, Bologna's awesome. <laughs> you can find all of us on Twitter. Are we you can find me the war on cold cuts? at Kelly underscore Carlin. You can find uh, at Dylan Brody on all one word. Bonhamen with two ends and hot red. Carpet for Aaron Brown and Logan Heftel is just Logan Heftel. And you can find all of us on Facebook and come see our stuff, read our stuff, do our stuff, and we'll do you good, baby. Find Logan Heftel's website and listen to his music. Yes, of course. And let's go out on some Logan Heftel music today. Oh no no oh no we're going no wait no wait oh, we're no, going no, to we're, Logan, we're doing on a we're doing a recommended right Logan song today. Logan, who oh. are you playing? This is John Elliott, Daylight Saving. Nice. So we're going out on a little John Elliott. Thank you, Smodcast. Have a great night, everyone. Thank you, Kelly.
hiding from the sun Waiting on the gun show Something simple in a gun Waiting on the gun show Something peaceful in a gun Waiting on the Give myself a gift. 